0: A criminal plot torn from the pages of a comic book goes predictably wrong. And then centuries of mayhem torment the country of England, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had a a pretty good weekend. I don't remember most of it. I mean... Doing after Thanksgiving stuff, bought some movies, bought some Black Friday movies. You know, it's funny. So over the weekend, one of the big things for the podcast is we break the podcast up. We put it on YouTube. We have now reached over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So to be monetized on YouTube, to be able to put ads on YouTube to make some money, you have to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watched hours. We hit the 4,000 watched hours a while ago. We're waiting to get those thousand subscribers. And once you hit a thousand subscribers, YouTube really starts promoting your channel more because they see that you're taking it seriously and people are responding to it and so on and so forth. The podcast, the growth is slower, but people who listen to the podcast, they listen to the whole thing, like from start to finish. With YouTube, I have a lot of viewers who just watch a couple of minutes and then go to the next thing. So it's the show is still, I produce the show to be listened to as a podcast and then cut it up and put it on YouTube because the podcast audience. Just seems to dig it more. One thing I've noticed, and this is funny because when I first started doing the podcast, when I first started putting it on YouTube, people were like, oh, what is this? What is this nonsense? And the podcast listeners got on board real quick. They're like, oh, we get, the, we get what's going on here. It's this guy. He's doing this daily show. It's weird news. Not the most well-researched um, or well-pronounced stuff, but the enthusiasm more than makes up for it. But so when we first came out with the YouTube channel, there's a bit of growing pains there. People are like, yo, what's going on here? This this is nonsense. What are you talking about? And over time, those people are like, oh, okay, now I get it. Well, now that we've hit a thousand subscribers and YouTube's promoting the show more, the past couple days the comments have been like, yo, what's going on? You're leaving out all these facts. What's I'm glad whoever's commenting is apparently from Brooklyn, but they're like, yo, like, what's going on? You left out all this stuff. You're an idiot. And I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point. The point isn't to be stupid, but the point is, hey, man, we're a daily show. We got to put stuff out every day. I can't do a full breakdown on Nikolai Tesla or even pronounce his name right every single day. That's just not what I'm possibly... And I can just imagine what these guys are going to do when they get to the Dotus episode, which a lot of people were like, that's not how you pronounce his name. Dotus, his name is Herodotus. But so, but to the new fans, welcome. If you are, happen to be from Brooklyn and you're like, yo, what's up? The show sucks. This wasn't aimed just at you. Cause I want people to listen to the show and come on board and people give me negative feedback. Hey, that's okay too. But that's, that's kind of the, that's kind, I don't want to say gimmick, but that's kind of the, the vibe of the show. I get out the information that I can in a day and then we move on to the next topic. So, if you're listening to the show for the first time, I hope you enjoy it. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you're like, you're just kind of shaking your head, and you're like, yeah, it takes a while to get used to this dude, but it's it has its own charm. And we are doing some episode on an upcoming Greek philosopher, and if you didn't like Herodotus... Might want to skip that one. The following story contains information about an ongoing criminal case. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty. This is just my opinion based on news articles. I am not alleging that the following person, suspect, or individuals may actually be guilty of this crime. This is just an comedy podcast where i'm talking about someone currently facing criminal charges i have no proof one way or the other that this person is innocent or guilty again all suspects in you the all suspects in the united states are innocent until proven guilty enjoy Okay, let's go ahead and get started with our first story here. Now, this first story is something that I read in the news uh, probably about a month or two ago. And I was like, oh, I gotta cover this. Because it's so ridiculous. And then I completely forgot about it. Because the amount of ridiculous stuff that I deal with, things kind of fall to the wayside. But over the weekend when I was prepping all my episodes for the week, I said, oh, I need to find that story again. Because I I'd thought about it here and there. So, this is the story. And So, speaking... Of mispronouncing people's names. I have no idea how to say this dude's name. It's well, it looks like it's Askir. So I mean Askir, and he deserves to be called Askir if that's not his real name. His name's Askir Ulfer. This guy's from a Apopka, a Florida. So this is the story of Askir. Now, Askir was a guy, he's 26 years old. He was roommates with this girl named Christina Scar, which is a pretty dope name. It's much better than Asgir. So anyways, Asgir and Christina were roommates, and he was really starting to fall in love with her. This happened earlier this year. So he was starting to fall in love with her, and Christina's, you know, kind of, well, you know, he's a good roommate. He's a nice guy. But no, there's nothing between us. There's nothing there. She actually was dating somebody else. And he couldn't get over her. And she actually overheard him telling friends that, oh, yeah, you know, we're dating. And then she would have to correct him and be like, no, you know, he, he's a nice guy, but we're not dating. We're just friends. And, you know, Ugh. ask years, like, in the shadows. Ugh. Someday I'll have you, Christina. Well, a lot, of the informa- a lot of the personal details between the two, other than him standing in the shadows shaking his fist, a lot of the personal details between the two, I don't have a lot of access to. But for whatever reason... He moved out. Now, I can assume what the reason is, is because he was a total weirdo who was telling everyone he was dating his roommate and he was getting creepy. I don't think he moved out because he found a better deal across town. I would assume that it's just because he's a creepy guy. However, I have no proof of that. Just general world knowledge and existing on the planet for 42 years. That's my opinion. That's the reason he moved out. And the reason why I think that is because what follows. So he hatches a plan that... Really is something that you would see in a cartoon or a comic book. This is his. This is what his plan is going to be. He's going to. W- <laughs> I'm laughing because I know what's coming, and it's also tragic. But the details are funny. So Askir, his goal. He goes, okay. I have a master plan. I'm going to wait till she's alone, and I'm going to wear a disguise. I'm going to wear all black with a hoodie on, and I'm going to break into her house, and I'm going to attack her and tie her up and like rough her up, right? Give her the good old one-two. Probably he imagined it in his head that he comes out of the darkness and he commands her to, you know, like, get down. And she does because she's just in total fear of him. And that the power would get him off as well. And then once he had her restrained, he was going to then leave the house and then come back as Asgir, no costume, and go, oh my god, Christina, you're you're tied up. What's going on? Help me, Asgir, help me! Like, olive oil. And then he was going to untie her. And then she was going to fall in love with her hero who saved the day, leave her boyfriend, be with Askir. So that was his plan. Now, there's a couple problems with that plan. The, the biggest one being that if your plan goes 100%, if your plan has no problems with it whatsoever, and it actually works, which it wouldn't, but let's say that it goes off without a hitch, and you run in and you save her, and she doesn't realize that an Asgir-sized human was just holding her down five minutes ago and smelt like Askir, and grunted like Askir, and had all the mannerisms that an Askir had, but in but in a ski mask, assuming she's a total idiot and she doesn't pick up on any of that. And then the, an askir shaped person who is actually Askir runs into the room and goes, Well, I just passed a guy shaped exactly like me on the way out. What happened? And she falls in love with him. He's going, he's, that's a, that's a supervillain's plan. That, that, I've never read a comic book or a cartoon or a movie where the good guy comes up with that plan. Superman's not like, you know, the way that we can defeat Lex Luthor is, I'm going to break into Wonder Woman's house. Like, that's never, never, that's not a good guy's plan. But even if it went off without a hitch, he's going to spend the rest of his life knowing that he committed this horrible crime and put his loved one into a state of fear. And it worked, but he'll have to live with that guilt. And I just thought of this. What... Is he going to resolve every fight like that in the future? Where she's like, you need to stay home with the kid. And he's like, but I have a video game tournament tonight. And she's like, no, you need to stay home. And he, like, looks to the closet where he keeps a ski mask and then he, like, breaks in. He's like, let him go to the video game tournament and then ask your in What did he say? So, I mean, like, it just... It doesn't work on its head. It just doesn't work. It's a stupid plan. So, of course... It doesn't work in real life. So he breaks into the house because he wasn't living there anymore. And from the beginning, the plan is just goes sideways. He breaks into the house. And he's like, okay, step one. I'm going to jump out and I'm going to grab Christina. And then he realizes that he got there like 10 hours too early. So he hides in her closet. She comes home with her boyfriend. They fall asleep. And he's just a big old creep dude in the closet just standing there. Now... He got there way too early for the plan to work. So he's just stuck in the closet all night long. At a certain point, he ends up leaving the closet in the middle of the night, and going, like, walking around the house a bit, getting some water. I can imagine him, like, watching television. But anyways, then he goes back in the closet. So in the morning, the boyfriend leaves, and now Christina Scar is home alone. And Askir jumps out of the closet, wearing all black, black ski mask, attacks her from behind. And the second part of his plan goes wrong, because she fights back like a monster. Like he thought he was going to simply overpower her and she was just fighting back too hard to the point. So he had to start beating her up, which wasn't part of the plan. So he's like, really, now they're basically boxing in this bedroom. So he does eventually, though, overpower her because he's a bigger guy. But again, that wasn't part of the plan. I think he just thought that she would acquiesce to his powerful figure and his his raw masculine energy. He ends up saying, okay, now I'm going to duct tape your head. And duct tape, this little criminal tip, doesn't stick super well to hair. Duct tape doesn't stick super well. like it's a, it, You can sweat through it. It's not the best implement for kidnapping people. But you see it in movies, so people think it actually works. So he starts duct taping her head. Because you just can't put it over someone's mouth. They'll just bite through it. So you have to like wrap it around their head a couple times. And as he's wrapping it, sticking to the hair, he begins cutting her hair so it doesn't stick as much. I mean, it's at, the, he should have just abandoned the plan at that point. But he didn't. He's duct taping her more and more. She's still resisting it, so now, so now he throws her onto the bed. He chokes her until she passes out. She comes to. He chokes her until she passes out again. Now the problem is, other than this idiot choking out this woman, is and I'll, also I'll say this when I talk about serial killers, he attacked her from behind. And again, I, this I'll go on and on how what coward killers are. That this guy has to attack this woman from behind and then just beat her up. But anyway, he didn't just hop out of the closet and say, let's go. Like, it had to be the surprise attack, even though she was much smaller than him. He duct tapes her, chokes her, leaves, and now it's time to do his next part of the plan, where he's going to take off his costume, take off his disguise. I imagine he had a big old-timey fake mustache as well. And to run back into the house and be like, Christina, Christina, I'm here to save you. Conveniently. I'm the only- I just happen to walk into your house that I don't live in anymore. He walks back into the house. She's dead. He basically pretty much restricted her airways with the duct tape so she couldn't breathe enough. And then being choked out twice was enough that she couldn't regain the oxygen that she was losing. So she died. Now he's stuck with the body of this woman that he reportedly loved. His fingerprints are everywhere. He's in this house with his dead body. And he's like, oh, man, this plan is not working out the way that I thought it was going to. Aha, I got it. He concocts a plan on the spot that a woman broke into the house, killed Christina, and fought him. They they boxed, He, but he did like a flying jump kick and knocked her through the mirror. Not like through the mirror like in a magical portal, but like crack the mirror. But he's like, okay, so this is my plan. A woman broke into the house and killed her, and I walked in on the murder, and the woman wearing all black... We got enough tussle, and she ran out. And he goes, well, there's only one way I can really sell that story. He then pulls a gun out, shoots himself in the foot. No joke. Literally shoots himself in the foot. Ah, my foot, my foot. Calls the cops and says, oh, my God, I'm at Christina's house. She's dead. She's dead. And this woman who I can barely identify shot me in the foot. Cops show up take him to the hospital, start investigating. And they're looking around and they're like, it doesn't look like this house was like broken into. I guess there was a burglar bar on the back door. I think Askir probably had a key to get in, but they are like, it doesn't look like anyone broke in. We have this body of this woman. We have this guy with a shot foot. You know, let's start working on this. And the way that, and Asker pretty much got away with it, the way that he got, I'm sure he was on the police radar, but the way that Askir ended up getting arrested was apparently he was talking to his lawyer on the phone And his sister overheard it, which is interesting. The sister overheard her brother talking on the phone about the details of the murder. The sister went to the father and the father's like, listen, I love my son, but if he did this, he did this. We have to do something about it. Sister and the father go to the police and the police arrest Askir. Now his defense, and this is going to be interesting. His defense is that testimony was attorney-client privilege. That testimony should be inadmissible because he was talking to his lawyer. The fact that somebody else overheard it Is irrelevant. It was a conversation that was a privileged conversation. So we'll see where that goes. This just happened in April. So they'll be carrying on these motions for a while and things like that. But we'll see where it goes legally. But just from like a logical standpoint, this guy's an idiot. Like even if his plan had worked, he was a villain. It never works. Even in television shows where these plans are set up, they always fail. I've never seen this this plot work. What made this 26-year-old guy think that this scare tactic was going to lead to a lifetime of love? Maybe he just wanted to have a one-night stand with her. Who knows? Wait a second. You know what I just realized? Okay, so his motive for the crime was a cliche, and so was the way he was he got caught. How many times in sitcoms do you see, like, two people having a conversation in one room, and then, you know... Michelle Tanner walks by and overhears a conversation and then looks at the camera and goes, dun-dun-dun, and then the commercial break. He got caught in the most sitcom kind of way. Maybe he is the event horizon for how ridiculously pop culture society has become. All of our crimes from now are going to be based on cliches and stories, and they will also get caught by equally ridiculous cliches. That is the future of law enforcement in the world. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next story. It's also a bit criminal, a little bit crimey. I thought it was another interesting one. This one, actually, we're going to look at a couple different events that happen in the country of jolly old England. We got the Carpenter Copter back from Iran. I actually was able to track down the type of helicopter it was. I don't have it in front of me now, but it's a helicopter. No joke. It's a helicopter. It has wings, and the wings, like, rotate. Only the Carpenter Copter could be... That dope. Only the Carpenter Copter is a helicopter with wings. Actually, I actually think they're decommissioned, so we got it on sale. That's why we're having it. So the Carpenter Copter is all tricked out. We're going to hop in it. We're like saying goodbye to Asker. So we're going to hop in the Carpenter Copter. taking it over to jolly old England. Now, luckily we're in Florida because we're actually going to have to fly through the Bermuda Triangle. Oh no, the instruments are going off. Because we have to go back in time too. A couple times actually, but we're not going to double back to Bermuda Triangle each time. We go through a time warp in the Bermuda Triangle and to save on fuel, it actually teleports us to England. Why not? So anyways, now we're in England in the year 1938 and we are in the town of Halifax or city. One of the two. We're in the... We'll say city. City of Halifax in England. For one week, the city was on the edge of terror. Or grip of terror. Whatever the phrase is. They're in something of terror. There was a man known as the Halifax Slasher. Interesting story. He didn't start off slashing people. So anyways, on one day, two women run to the police and say, Oh my god, oh my god. I was just attacked by a man with a mallet and bright buckles on his shoes. So after ruling out all leprechauns in the area, the police are like, we're baffled. We don't know who this guy with this mallet is. The next time, the bright buckled man used a knife or a razor blade. So they're like, oh, okay, now we'll call him the Halifax Slasher. As opposed to the Halifax Masher, if he had kept using a mallet, but now he's the Halifax Slasher because he... Stabbed another woman or slashed another woman in the buttocks. This goes on for a week. And people are like, oh my god, ouch, someone poked me in the butt. Go to the cops. Vigilante squads form up. You'll learn through this story that England's really big on their vigilantes. Vigilante squads form up, begin roaming the city looking for the Halifax slasher. A couple of people got beat up because they were assumed to be the Halifax slasher. There started to be reports in nearby cities. Oh, no, I got slashed, too. Ah, oh, my butt. Eight victims in, an, in a week. In one week. And again, back then, eight people was a lot of people, because there was only, like, 20,000 people world population. So, eight people slashed in one week in one town. Everyone was totally freaking out. A couple days later, a couple days after it all started, this dude walks into a police station and said, I never got attacked. I made it up. Never got attacked. Cops are like, What? They started investigating the other people, and the other people were like, "Yeah, I didn't didn't get attacked either. Totally made it up. Totally made it up." Out of the eight people who were attacked, five of them recanted and said, "No, that never happened to me." Four of them went to prison for like misreporting a crime. They take stuff pretty seriously over there, and they're like, "It was just mass hysteria." Now, I'm the first two may have actually been legit with the, the mallet, but out of the eight, five people recanted their stories. Now, it was funny because. When they were investigating the crime, they go in Halifax, they said, Well, you know, back in 1927, there was a they what there was a slasher in Halifax. So maybe it's the same guy. In 1927, James Leonard was convicted of stalking and, and slashing at women, slashing at their clothes mostly with a slasher with a razor blade. But he was he was sentenced to six months for it. So when the police were investigating the slashing allegations 11 years later, they go, maybe it's James Leonard. And then the thing is, is that they look at the description and they're like, okay, bright buckles. No, it doesn't have bright buckles. And, but he, James Leonard had a huge nose. His nose apparently was so big that the cops are like, can't be this new guy. Can't be this new guy because no one talks about how big his nose is. They're more concerned about how bright his buckles are on his shoes. How... How big does your nose have to be that if you're walking down the street with a razor blade, the first thing people are going to see is your nose? But you're thinking, okay, Jason, yeah, a guy walking around with a mallet, (laughs) bright buckles on his shoes, may or may not have a big nose. Okay, so what? Now we're going to go back to the year of 1788. And this is the year of the London monster. For two years, 50 women got their butts cut. It's super bizarre. So there is a fetish called pikerism. Pikerism? Pikerism. One of the two. I'm going to call it pikerism. Because I imagine it's like peekaboo. But so pikerism. Pikerism. Or maybe it's pickerism. Okay, well, (laughs) pickerism. We'll say pikerism. Pickerism is a sexual interest. I'm reading this description from Wikipedia. So if I sound robotic, that's why. Pickerism is a sexual interest in penetrating the skin of another person with sharp objects, such as pins, razors, knives, etc. That's actually, you'll see it pop up in news reports even today, because it's a fetish. Go back to the description. Sometimes this is serious enough to cause extreme injuries or even death. Picarism is a paraphilia, as well as a form of sadism. The most frequently targeted areas of the body are the breasts, buttocks, and groin. Ow. Breasts and buttocks, I mean, it hurt, but how how do you surprise someone in the groin? I guess not all of the people who are into picarism jump out of the bushes, but... Anyways, so in 1788, they had the London Monster. So for over two years, or around two years, 50 women fell prey to this guy. He was this big guy who would walk down the street and yell at them, yell obscenities at them. So like back then, he's probably like, you cur! And they'd be like, oh my god, did he say that in public? And then he'd stab him in the butt. I find the details of this story hilarious. Like the actual event... Not so much. So anyways, one of the tricks. So it, so they said that he would follow them down the street and yell obscenities at them. And then poke them in the butt. Another trick he would use. I didn't know these existed, but I, I guess it's a thing. And this shows how juvenile I am. Another trick he used was he would walk up to them and he would get them to smell his nosegay. So a nosegay is another term for a small bouquet of flowers. Now... I get why the, why they're called nosegay because you smell the flowers and it makes your nose happy. But I just, I mean, I I I, <laughs> I think that yes, it is very juvenile for me to laugh at something called a nosegay. But I'm I'm gonna do it anyways. I will have to say though that is an awesome name for a band, the Nosegays. Tell me, tell me you would not buy an album from a band called the Nosegays. And then people would either laugh at just the absurdity of the name or they'd be like, actually, that is an old timey English word for a bouquet of small bouquet of flowers. It's been related to the London monster. So he walked around and he would walk up to women and say, smell my nose gay. And and nobody was like, what would you say? They'd be like, oh, that's a beautiful nose gay. Let me put your nose gay next to my nose and let's see if it makes my nose gay. (laughs) Men, (laughs) this is another detail I thought was so funny. So the city, the city's on the on on the edge of the grip of terror. last two years, men were like, "Well, I'm not the monster. I am no London monster. They formed men in the city, formed a club, and part of the things they would do is they would wear pins on their shirt of like a picture of a club. I don't know if it's like a Captain Caveman club or a club from a deck of cards. It just said a club. Now if I people were being accused of poking people in the butt the last thing I'd want to wear is a pin on my shirt. But anyway so men in the town of London were like, "Well, I'm no monster. Look, I have a pin." And these guys for <laughs> these guys who said they weren't monsters, they were not the London monster. They named their group No Monster Club. What? That is the worst name possible. That's like, okay, a bunch of kids came up with the name Monster Squad because they hunted monsters. You are saying you're not a monster and instead of like the league against the monster or anything other than so so what's that pin mean? You're like, "Oh, I mean I'm in the no monster." <laughs> These are adults. These are adults naming this stuff. Anyways, they people are people are saying, "Do I have a nosegay on me? Look, I'm in I'm in no monster club." And then armed patrols of vigilantes trolling the streets of London. Women started wearing copper pans over their petticoats. So they were like being armored. They'd have like a pan hanging off their back, so they couldn't get poked. They'd go like, ding! And he'd be like, foiled! And he'd run away. Eventually, this guy was arrested in 1790. Reinick Williams was arrested. And the people were so... Like, they, the people of London were so pissed off that any of this happened. Trial got jammed packed full of spectators. And I use the term spectators because when the prosecutor would make a good point the audience would cheer be like yeah yeah and then when the defense made a point the audience began booing they were literal spectators like a sport eventually the judge like this is not a fair trial they had to try him again he ended up getting sentenced to 6 years and the charge that he got sentenced with was robbery and then the little specification because you're like robbery he didn't steal anything but robbery had a special qualification it was assault with intent to spoil clothing. And that actually carried a bigger charge than attempted murder at the time. So if, it, if you were assaulting someone with your main motivation being to ruin their clothes. It was worse than attempted murder. So that's what he got charged with. He did six years. So you're thinking, oh, Jason, that was awesome. Nose and no monster club. And people saying, I don't poke someone. Look at this pin on my shirt. Absurdity. How can you top that? Now we're going back 70 some odd years. We're still in England. We're going to a place called Hackney, England, where a man, where a man named Thomas Wallace puts both those previous guys to shame. So what happened was you had a period from October 10th to December 1st. So a longer reign of terror than Halifax Slasher, but not as impressive as London Monster. But in that time period, from October 10th to December 1st, he attacked 70 women. His weapon of choice was a giant stick. Because, see, now we're going farther back in time. They're like, well, we don't even have knives. It's 1712. We don't even have knives. We barely have clothes. He All he had was a giant rod of birch. And he would jump out of the bushes or walk down the street and sneak up on these women and just beat them with this stick. And his name was Whipping Tom. That was basically, his, like, you know, we have the Joker and Green Goblin. Back then, he was Whipping Tom. And it's funny, if you think about it, that's the evolution of the evil names as well. You go from Halifax Slasher, which you could hear today, to London Monster, which is a little old timey, to just, oh, that's just Whipping Tom. And the, the cops are like, we we don't know what to do. We can't catch this guy or anything like that. They eventually, though, do capture him and his his plan it was just absolutely bizarre. So it wasn't just the Halifax Slasher was a, a myth. It most likely didn't happen except for maybe one or two attacks in the beginning. The London Monster, it was this voyeuristic thing. So why was Whipping Tom jumping out of bushes or chasing women down the street with a big old stick? When they asked Wallace what, why he was doing it after they arrested him, He said, and I'm going to read this quote from, like, the confession, and it's old-timey, so it's all weird. He was resolved to be revenged on all the women he could come at after that manner for the sake of one perjured female who had been barbarously false to him. So, basically, a woman lied to him. Either a woman besmirched his name or perjured him in the old county square or got his mom or he told a lie and he got locked up in the stocks or some other old-timey punishment. So old-timey punishment requires old-timey revenge, which is just a big old stick running down the road with a big old stick. His plan was this. <laughs> he, he, basically, this was his die hard with a vengeance plan. This was his master goal as a super criminal. He was going to attack 100 women before Christmas. So he was getting up there. He had attacked 70 women between October and December 1st. He was going to attack 100 women before Christmas. Take a break off for the 12 days of Christmas. (laughs) He was going to take a break off for the 12 days of Christmas and then going to start the attacks again in the new year. So basically he wanted to whip 100 women with his big old stick. Then he wanted to get like a partridge in a pear tree and be like, 12 maids of milking... Five golden rings, and then, like, after not after the song was done, but after the literal 12 days of Christmas, he was gonna be like, Ooh, what was I doing? Oh, yeah, assaulting women. He grabs his stick that I assume now is like festive with like red and green tassel wrapped around it. He's going out there with his big stick. He, that didn't happen. He ended up getting arrested. And the weirdest part of all of this, of the Whipping Tom story, if you could top any of that nonsense, he wasn't even the first Whipping Tom. Uh, About a 100 years earlier in England, there was another guy who went by the name Whipping Tom who was jumping out of bushes whipping people with sticks. I mean, I'm sure there's weirdos like this all over the planet. Actually, I'm 100% for sure there's weirdos like that all over the planet, but it's just... I found the... I was looking up the Halifax year because I was like, oh, mass hysteria. I, I like doing stories about how the mind works and how like people can get panicked to make other people panic. But as I was researching it, it was like, oh, if you're interested in this, also look at the London Monster. I'm like, how can I pass that up? And clicked on that and I'm like, oh my god, this is even funnier. And then it's like, well, if you love the London Monster, try this link, Whipping Tom. So I kind of got sucked into it, but... That's why it's not like it's not like England has a high population of assaulting weirdos or any higher than the rest of the world. But I think they probably are just better at keeping old timey records so we can go back and look at the stuff and be like, look at wood carvings of like a chick running down the street and a guy chasing her with a stick. Well, that is good. You're like, Jason, did you just make fun of a guy beating women with a stick for 20 minutes? That wasn't the intent. It was the old-timey ridiculousness of it all that I was laughing at, not the fact that this guy is wailing on women. So that's it. That is it. We had a bunch of sexual perverts running around this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't know where that came from. That sounded totally wrong. But that is it for the day. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.